Welcome to Bible Fellowship Assembly Sunday Morning Messages. Today, Carrie Gino continues the series of messages on the miracles of Jesus. Today, looking at healing of illness. And now, here's Carrie. I know you're sitting, but I'm sure you're, in your hearts you're with me standing on the love of Jesus. We're continuing in our series on the miracles of Jesus. Our reading this morning takes place after Jesus had told the woman at the well that he was the Messiah, and many Samaritans believed because of his message, and they asked him to stay with them. The healing of the royal official's son, John chapter 4, verse 43 to 54. I'm reading from the Source New Testament with extensive notes notes on Greek word meanings. Two days after Jesus left there and went to Galilee, for Jesus, Jesus himself had testified that a prophet had no respect in their own native land. So when he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen everything he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, as they had gone to the feast too. Jesus again went to Cana in Galilee, the place where he had turned the water into wine. At Capernaum, there was a certain royal official whose son was sick. When he heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to ask him, he went to him and asked him to come down and instantly divinely heal his son as he was at death's door. Jesus said to him, you people will never believe unless you see miraculous signs and wonders. The royal official answered, Sir, please come down before my son dies. And Jesus said to him, Off you go, your son lives. The person believed the statement that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went away. While he was going down, his servants met met him and said, Your son is doing nicely. So we asked them at what time his son had began to improve. It was yesterday afternoon at one o'clock that the fever left him, they answered. So the father realized that it was the same time that Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed, and so did his whole household. This again is the second miraculous sign that Jesus did when he went to Galilee from Judea. Put yourself, if you can, in the royal official's place. Is there anything that you would not do to help your child if he or she were dying? The royal official in our text son's life hangs by a thread. Jesus is his only hope. He rushes the 20 miles from Capernaum, where he lives, to Cana in Galilee, where he has heard that Jesus has returned and can be found. He can't know whether his son is still alive or whether he has died during his near eight-hour journey to find Jesus. But when he finds Jesus, he has only one thing on his mind, getting Jesus to come to Capernaum with him as quickly as possible in the hope that there is still time to save his child's life. What a shock it must be for this royal official when he realized that Jesus is not going to accompany him to Capernaum. Worse yet, 
our Lord's response to this official's request for help almost seems like a rebuke. How can this be? How can Jesus respond so harshly to a father who is only trying to save the life of his son? In verse 48, we read, Jesus said to him, You people will never believe unless you see miraculous signs and wonders. This is a firm warning and rebuke, not only to the royal official, but to the entire Galilean crowd. He is warning that this would be the persistent and prevailing attitude. They would be intrigued and highly entertained by Jesus' miracles, and then they would demand more signs and wonders. We read that Jesus was accepted as the Messiah to many in Samaria, to whom he spoke, but he was sought by signs and wonders by those in Galilee. And we read in verse 46, So Jesus went again to Cana in Galilee, the place where he had turned the water into wine. The people really appreciated the best wine that Jesus miraculously provided. But they didn't see him as the one who would provide the wine of the new covenant, an abolishment of the old traditions of purification, which was fulfilled in the shedding of Christ's own perfect blood for sin and soul cleansing, not the outward washing of the body. What is symbolic of Jesus turning water, which was used for ceremony of purification, into wine, is that at the Last Supper, Jesus said that this cup of wine is a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out on your behalf. Throughout the book of John, we read of increasingly division in Israel over Jesus, because they loved to see his signs and wonders, but they didn't believe the words of Jesus that he was the great I am. He was God in the flesh, come to earth as a redeemer for those in the world who would come to him in faith, believing. The primary purpose of Jesus' miracles was to demonstrate the fact that he was the Messiah promised by God to Israel through the prophets. And this is based upon three lines of testimony found in the scripture. The first line of testimony comes from Jesus himself. On one occasion, after a group of Jewish leaders had asked him to tell them plainly if he were the Messiah, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you didn't believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name speak for me. John 10, verses 24 to 25. On another occasion, Jesus indicated that those who saw his works had a solemn responsibility to believe his claims. John 15:24. The second line of testimony consists of some written statements by the Apostle John. John declared that he recorded some of Jesus' miracles in his gospel in account, account in order that his readers may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. John 20, verse 30 to 31. Inasmuch as John had earlier declared the word Christ is simply a translation of the word Messiah, this was his way of saying that Jesus' miracles should convince his readers that Jesus is the Messiah. 
On another occasion, John stated that even though Jesus had performed so many miraculous signs in their presence, the Jews of his day still would not believe in him. John 12:37. This statement indicates that Jesus' miracles were performed for the purpose of pointing out the fact that he was the promised Messiah. And the third line of testimony is found in Jesus' response to John the Baptist's question. John prepared the way for Jesus' ministry by testifying to Israel concerning Jesus' person and work. John himself believed that Jesus was the Messiah. John chapter 3, verses 25 to 30. However, after John was imprisoned by Herod, he began to have some doubts. If Jesus were truly the Messiah, the King of Israel, then why was his servant suffering in prison? And because of these doubts, John sent a question to Jesus, asking him, asking him if he were the Messiah who was to come. In response to this question, Jesus performed numerous miracles before John's messengers. Then he said to them, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is preached to the poor. Luke chapter 7, verse 21 to 22. Jesus performed these miracles to reassure John that he was indeed the Messiah. Let's read verses 51 to 53 again. While he, the official, was going down, his servants met him and said, Your son is doing nicely. So he asked them at what time his son began to improve. It was yesterday afternoon at one o'clock that the fever left him, they answered. So the father realized that it was the same time that Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed And so did his whole household. It was at the command of Jesus that healing came, even from afar. The result was that the official himself came to the point of decision concerning Jesus and then his entire household. The only object of his faith was Jesus, due to the miracle from afar. The sign convincingly pointed the official to the power and validity of Christ. The nobleman enjoyed tremendous benefit that he had received from Jesus. But in that act of mercy and compassion, the man understood who Jesus was and he believed in him. We should always keep this in mind. When Jesus heals... It is for a time, not for all time. Jesus didn't heal every sick person, and no sick person ever avoided death. While power of life over death is a sign of the Messiah, it's not our heritage here on earth. Every sick person that Jesus died, that Jesus healed, died later. People were willing to settle for God to be a sideshow, performing signs and wonders. Jesus wanted to give them God Almighty, but they wanted a Kreskin, 
for those of you that are old enough to remember this modern-day magician. Let's pause momentarily to view this incident from the servant's point of view. Their master's son becomes very ill, and they watch helplessly as his temperature climbs dangerously high. They know that if something doesn't happen quickly, that the boy will die. They watch as in desperation their master hastens to Cana of Galilee, hoping to find Jesus and to convince him to come and heal his son. The child's condition continues to deteriorate after their master leaves. They begin to lose all hope. They hate to think of how their master will respond when he returns and finds the son dead. Then, suddenly, the child's fever breaks and he begins to recover rapidly. They know the danger is past and that he will live. They don't have any clue as to how it happened, but they do not wish their master to agonize any longer than necessary. And so some servants go out to meet their master and to give him the good news. As soon as their master is in sight, they call out the good news that his son will live. The words sound strikingly similar to the assurance that our Lord has given the father just a few hours before. You can almost see the face of the father, the look of relief and joy that comes over him. And then there must be a subtle change of expression to a more thoughtful look. The father is starting to put the pieces together. He recognizes, as the servants do not, the relationship between the words of Jesus and the words of his servants. Jesus was right. The royal official's faith in him is well-founded. But now the ruler begins to wonder about these words. Has Jesus spoken as a prophet, assuring him that the child will not die and will get better on his own? Or did Jesus produce a miraculous long-distance healing as he spoke some eight hours ago, assuring him that the boy would live? There is one way to find out. The ruler poses this question to his servants. Just exactly what time was it when the boy suddenly improved? They tell him it was one o'clock when the turning point came. Then he knows for certain, for he knows that was precisely the time Jesus assured him of the child's well-being. It is a miracle indeed. A miracle brought about by our Lord only speaking a word. It's a miracle not unlike creation when he spoke the world into creation, into existence. The Father knows he has witnessed the miracle, and he, and he believes, along with his entire household. But haven't we already been told that he believed in verse 50? <clears throat> in that passage, the official believed what Jesus said. The belief I see in verse 53 is a deeper, more informed belief a belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Throughout the life of our Lord, more and more miracles are performed as the disciples witness them. 
And the more they see of him, the more their faith grows. Faith is not an inactive thing, something we experience once and then it remains constant. Our faith should grow as we come to know our Lord and his word better. As we see that this one in whom we have placed our trust is even greater than we imagined. What a great miracle this healer, this healing of the royal official's son is. We notice that in one sense, it's a miracle very similar to the changing of water into wine. Jesus turned the water into wine in a way that keeps most of those at the wedding from even knowing what happened. It's a sign only evident to a few, which results in the faith of only our Lord's disciples. So it is also with the healing of the royal official's son. If Jesus had chosen to perform this miracle as the official had hoped, by personally coming and attending to his son, many would have followed along, and our Lord's popularity would have greatly increased. But this is not what our Lord wants at this point in time. Jesus performs this miracle in such a way that only the official knows it's a miracle. As he testified to this miracle to his servants, they too become members of the household of faith. Jesus not only performs a miracle, he does so in a way that is consistent with his purpose. Jesus accomplishes this miracle in a way that enhances the official's faith from faith in signs and wonders to faith in his word. John introduces a theme in chapter 2, verses 23 to 25, which persists throughout the whole gospel. Now, while Jesus was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he did and gave their allegiance to him. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew about everyone. Jesus did not need anyone's evidence about humanity, as he already knew what humanity was like. It's apparent that faith because of signs and wonders is not enough for our Lord. Signs and wonders faith is not a bad starting point, but it should never end there. Jesus wants people whose faith is grounded in his word. The woman at the well took Jesus at his word, and so did all the people of Sychar. The Galileans were impressed with our Lord's signs, but they were not so inclined to accept his word. This royal official came to the point where he was willing to take Jesus at his word, and he and his household became believers. We can learn another lesson from this royal official. He is wrong in first supposing that God can only accomplish what we are asking asking for by doing it the way that we prescribe. Perhaps we're like this when we pray. We tell God what we want, and then we proceed to tell him how to do it. We think that the way we expect him to act is the way that he is most likely and able to act. 
The royal official thinks Jesus can save his son only if he comes to Capernaum and personally attends to him. He is wrong. Our Lord does intend to heal this man's son, but in his way. He doesn't need to be at the bedside. He can heal from a distance. Our Lord's way of healing the boy keeps the crowds from witnessing the miracle and restricts those who believe to the official and his household. Let's not lose hope when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we expect. God delights in answering our prayers in a way that highlights his power, his grace, glory, and sovereignty. We would do better to trust him to answer our prayers his way. The people in Galilee and in Nazareth and in Israel in general did not believe in Jesus as Savior and Messiah. Saving faith is always a confidence in things hoped for and a conviction in things unseen. If we remember Jim's talk last week when he used the analogy of a pea trap, and for those of you who may not know what a pea trap looks like, this is what it looks like. In most homes, there is a pea trap installed under sinks, in the bathroom, and kitchens. A pea trap is a plumbing fixture that stops the sewer gases from passing back into the home. And to quote Jim, hope is like a plumbing pea trap. Without it, life stinks. Today we have hope for the resurrection that follows our death. And though we haven't seen these things come to pass yet, we still maintain that confidence because we have faith in the word of God. Jesus' miracles were performed to demonstrate his Messiahship, not only to the Jews of his day, but also to us who live today. The Apostle John stated that he recorded Jesus' miracles in order that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. But it is only at the cross and the resurrection that the realization of what the Messiah would go through comes to light. He took on flesh to die in that body while taking our sins upon himself. John 14, 6-7 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. And from now on you do know him and you have seen him. There's only one way to salvation, God's way, with a spiritual washing and cleansing by the Spirit of God. And the Lord Jesus as the spotless Lamb and Savior to those who will believe in him. By God's grace, may that be the case for you. That you have believed in Jesus alone and that you have received from God a new heart to love him, and to follow him. That he has brought you from spiritual death to spiritual life. And that he has forgiven you of all of your sins in Christ alone. 
and for his eternal glory alone. I know that I stand here today before God in Christ. And on account of Christ's sacrifice for me, which I accepted by faith alone, in the Son of God alone, God has declared me not guilty of my sins. It is in Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled and strivings cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ, I stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I'll stand. And to God alone be the glory. Heavenly Father, again, we just marvel at your love and your grace. We thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Spirit. And we thank you for your Word. Thank you for the message that we've received. And the reminder that all we have and all our trust needs to be in the Lord Jesus. I pray, Father, that nobody would leave here without knowing the Lord Jesus, without having accepted his death on their behalf and putting their trust in him, Lord. May we just continue just to lean on you, to draw our strength and our peace and our hope from you and bring you the honor and glory. And we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. Come back next week for the next Sunday morning message from Bible Fellowship Assembly. Visit us on the web at bfa.church where you will find our physical address and contact information. We'd love to see you if you are in the Timmins area or drop us a line at info at bfa.church. Until next time.